This podcast is part of the Podcast Arcade Network. Welcome to the Covert Nerd Podcast. Thank you for listening. It means a lot to me that you take the time out of your day to hear what I have to say. Before we get going, please share this with someone you know that would love this topic. I would really appreciate it. And also go to covertnerd.net for all the different ways you can get in touch with me. The links for the episode will be in the show notes on the app that you're using currently. Please take time to visit those that you're interested in. And without further ado, let's dive right in and nerd it up with Mana Games. I have Sam and Alma of Mana Game, and they just recently hit their Kickstarter goal. So congratulations right off the bat there for you two to start a gaming cafe. Let's get started. We love backstories and origin stories. So I guess how did this get started, Sam or Alma? I guess whoever wants to take the reins on that. I think we'd both been kind of uh, like plumbing over the idea for for some time we both had kind of our own ideas and concepts and then um we finally met up after not seeing each other for a while and yes yeah, um, and i have known each yeah, other I guess it, was, it wasn't really a for sure transition like yeah sam sam and i have known each other for you know about 15 years now and oh. um we both have uh kind of been kicking around the idea you know i really wanted a cafe of my own that's kind of what i have done in my adult career is managing cafes and uh sam's a big idea guy he really likes to um you know come up with ideas and gaming especially especially board games are something that have always been a fascination for him and so when he got his master's in business i'm like oh okay well we can definitely you know bring these two these two skill sets together to create something for lincoln sure sure so i guess to kind of elaborate you have the creative side and the business side put together to to make this gaming cafe so well we'll start with you sam what were some of your favorite games maybe growing up when you were young that you really played a lot what were a couple of those that that uh, come to mind for you sam um i would say my family mostly had a lot of the a lot of kind of the standards um like uh like we have an old beat up copy of risk a copy of Clue. One of the one of the biggest family favorites that we can always kind of agree on is Liar's Dice. Um, so like nothing completely fantastical or like quite. I, you know, I don't know where I got my taste for the unique per se as far as what I like now. But there were there was definitely a collection that my parents still have that you know we we did make play of. You know. Yeah. So those two day games of Risk or however long Risk lasted. <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much turn into a fight sometimes <laughs> flip the board you know oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> well how about you alma what were some of your games that you grew up with that really kind of maybe got you started into this yeah well not to brag but i was girl champion of the chess club uh in oh, elementary awesome. school yeah okay i mean cool. there, were, there was only one other girl but i beat her and i got a trophy so oh nice okay <laughs> so chess awesome yeah i'm still not very good at it honestly i mean i i've always wanted to be good at it especially like queen's gambit just came out and i was like gosh like what a cool game i remember how to move the pieces and that's about it but otherwise uh you know growing up i always had board games around like sorry was a big family favorite Um, my mom and i really liked to play that 
my mom told me that my dad like would play Candyland with me for like hours oh, on yeah. end. Like, you know, I was like five or six, I was an only child. And so like my mom would get tired of playing games and my dad would just sit there and play, you know, however many rounds of Candyland that I wanted to play. Uh, that was a great game so, when you're five yes yes exactly yeah shoots and ladders payday um yep. you know those are all um definitely popular in our house okay well cool cut your teeth on Candyland. then sounds like so how how old were you when you got the chess trophy that would have been in fifth grade fifth so grade. okay okay yeah right. well what about now sam what what are some of the games that that you really go to when it's game night this seems to be the old, always the same one we go to or kind of gravitate to more what are some of those that you really really love you can't ask me to pick my favorite kid sure. um you know uh the favorite child um i mean i know a good go-to of like you know because it's it's uh easy i definitely like easy to learn while being still being fairly challenging in a way um or just or or at the mercy of just dumb luck so like i mean a good one would be verbita triangle is an older classic that um we've has basically been a standard of you know whenever we haven't don't have any other ideas because i mean it is it is just a roll and move but then there's like you know some other kind of random elements that you know it's kind of you can you can plan out a little bit but it's still you know best laid plans kind of thing sure okay all right. We love Bermuda Triangle. It is one of our favorites around here. Is it's it? a vintage game, but it's just so cool. It has a um, it has a storm that moves through it with magnets on it, and your boats have magnets on it. So like, okay. there's always a chance that the storm's gonna snatch you up, and then you're know, like your boat's stuck on the storm, and that's just what you deal with now. And I don't know. It, it is really simple, like you said, but it's super fun. It's really exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, describe yeah, that. They only had a couple of printings, so I mean, yeah, yeah. If you if you see a copy of one, snap it up because it's not say. it's not super rare or collectible, but it doesn't come around that often. I only have two copies, and then and then Alma and Jamie and Drake's house has one. Yeah, we have oh. one, and then I know one other person that bought it on eBay because I told her to. So I think that's probably like half the copies that are out there now. <laughs> really? Okay. So it's a, kind of a collectible. I, I've recognized the name, but I don't know that I've played it. It's so fun. What, what's a ballpark price for it on eBay, do you think? We didn't pay that um, much for ours. I was, and it, it was, I'm pretty sure it was Milton Bradley. So it's like a major publisher. Or no, it's Parker Brothers. I'm pretty sure it's Parker Brothers. But it was it was a major publisher. It's, it's from that collection of kind of games from the 60s, 70s, and 80s, where okay. really some of them only had a couple of printings, but might have been actually pretty decent. If you can get a copy like really good condition you might pay up to 30 but i mean i usually try to pay between 15 and 25 kind of oh. depending on how desperate i am there's not too many pieces to it either so, so not, it, it doesn't really bad. you know we, we paid about yeah. 20 for ours yeah so not too bad okay okay well speaking of easy to learn you kind of touched on it already i'll segue into it. what in your opinion then we'll start with you sam what makes a good game then what what in your opinion because so, both of you are pretty diverse into playing lots of games what makes a good game then do you think i would say definitely something is it kind of comes from when i've had to teach games is essentially how long i can hold even a group of adults attention for 
at okay. like, you know, some kind of a party or a bar, you know, because we do stuff at Cosmic Eye. Something that I, it's just really a page of fewer instructions or is really, really tactile. Like, you know, like, oh, I do this and then I do this and then I do this. Like you only have maybe a set amount of things you can do on any given turn. So that way it's like, okay, you can do two of these five things every turn. Okay, okay great. So then I understand these five things and I can just mm -hmm. do any two I want. I really like those with, with a decent amount of agency but then it has to have a couple of kind of uh, not, not quite blue shells, um, you know, not something that'll completely unbalance the game, but, but something that can kind of make things interesting as opposed to just like, you know, getting hustled by, by your friend who's played it before. Yeah. What about you, Alma? What, what do you think makes a, a good game? I, I, I should interject. I suppose it depends on your audience too. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, in general, I really like games that aren't too convoluted. Um, you know, the games I don't pick up again usually have like too many conditions or too many changing rules. Like it's hard to get to the point. Like Sam said, you know, if people are losing attention or, you know, if I have to watch like a 50 minute YouTube tutorial about how to play your game, like I'm probably not going to yeah. pick it up again. Um, yeah. And, you know, we all know and love games like that. But, you know, in general, it's like if I'm introducing someone to a game, like I want it to, you know, be a pretty easy to pick up and go kind of situation. Well, sure. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I agree. It doesn't, it depends on your mood too, I suppose. But, but in general, I suppose talking to game creators and talking to audiences about games, I'm sure you have a pretty good idea of what the general population is looking for, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. I mean, definitely everyone has different flavors, but, um, sure. you know, there are a lot of games out there right now that are all kind of just like, iterations or variations of a similar type of game um and so we actually do like theme nights too um yeah. where we will do like oh you know games like sushi go you know and there's a lot of them like you know with that are either like card burning games or like what do they call them like set type games where you're like making sets of whatever um and so usually you know if you haven't played Overboss, we just did Overboss, and it's like well you haven't oh, played yeah. this but you, you probably have played king domino and these play really similarly sure. you know and um kind of reach out that way so easy to pick up i think is really important Plus, I just love great graphics on games and either, you know, if that means like beautiful artwork or even just like simple and effective design, I really just love games that look great. Or part of the ease of use is that design. Are the, the icons and logos all in the same spot? Are they yeah. easy to read? Are they color coded? Something like that, that kind of makes it easier to pick up yes for sure and or like we picked up uh what was that parks um that parks game um that we played at great plains uh and it was gorgeous right and, like it had like all this beautiful beautiful art it was, oh like, yeah it was really hard to like sink your teeth into and like figure out what was going on and i'm like gosh like i would buy this game just because of what it looks like yeah. like and i probably still will and i'll just have to you know learn the rules a little better but you know something looks great right out of the package okay yeah <laughs> I have a dozen games on my shelf that just look good and I yep. never really get the chance or, or great group of people to play. Like I have a copy of Scythe. I've played it once. Um, I have this one really beautiful game that looks like uh, one of those, um, 
uh, like books from like their crusades or like medieval Europe with like the um with the yeah. embellished writing and everything. All all done custom modern gorgeous game. Very deep and two players, so I have to like find someone else who's as much of a nerd <laughs> as I am uh, to actually play it. Yes. Is it a deep dive game, like fifty page rule book, or what? What what type is it, Sam? It's it's got a booklet. Like okay. if you've ever played something something like Scythe, where it kind of has a little bit of a thickness to it, and maybe there's even like a, a high scoreboard or something like that, where you can write in, you know, for posterity. Yeah, that's it's. I don't remember how to play it. I read the rules, and I don't remember how to play it. That's yeah. that's how long it was. Yeah. <laughs> Start with you, Alma. How many games do you have on your shelf? You think? Um, so we just counted, we've got about 90 right now. Um, I'm definitely not the collector. Like I love playing games, but like, since I know that like any game that I want to play, Sam probably has already. I'm like, <laughs> we just, we just buy only the ones we love. So we've got about 90 on our shelf right now. How about you, Sam? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I know I'm not one of the most egregious collectors out there. Um, I mean, mine is more kind of a menagerie sort of uh like a lot of this and that i mean my most recent acquisition was a game called crib golf which is like cribbage based golf from like it's like from the 80s or something oh, but okay. i don't know like complete complete games that are probably playable i would say is in maybe just the 300 range probably closing in on 400 i haven't done yeah. a recent count in like a year wow but and then maybe like another 20 or so that are like incomplete because they're like missing pieces or maybe they're just a board in a box something like that lots of stuff you kind of pick up that's been really kind of seen better days but it's super unique like sure. you know some really limited stuff yeah well uh, since you have a lot of you guys have seen lots of games what is maybe the most bizarre game you've seen alma let's start with you what's the most weird <laughs> out there game that in your opinion <laughs> I mean, Sam is the master at finding the weirdest games or the strangest games. Uh, and since he's, you know, kind of a vintage game connoisseur. Yeah. But I think that Mansions and Money has to be like the strangest and also the worst game that we have played so <laughs> far. It's a, it's a home building game. a really it's good kind one. Of like, yeah, it's kind of like playing like the yeah. game of life where you like go through the steps um, to build your home. But it came out in like 1990. And so it's got all these like late 80s advertisements for different like actual products and companies. Oh, really? So it's just like, it's the most like cringy capitalism. And also like, it took so long we played it for like three hours and i'm like why are we still here and you know we're looking at like people with like these late 80s haircuts like telling us like what kind of kitchen to buy and like and it's all sponsored by these actual companies and it had yeah it had like a buick saber in it because you could get like a car for your garage yeah so it's got like Product yeah. placement everywhere. Product placement. Oh, no, absolutely! It was a sponsored. It was a sponsored game. Just product placement, <laughs> like just wow. buying stuff, and it's it's not a good game. It's clearly designed. Ahead of its time. Want to sell? Yeah, I want. Yeah. It's it's designed by people who want to sell houses and kitchens and not board games. Like very wow. clearly. Like almost a gamification of greed yes. and, and the eight kind of just yes. exudes the eighties. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, so what's yeah, it called again? Mansions and money, you said. Yep. Mansions and money. All right. I'll, and if you I'll, roll, if you roll doubles, you have to shout mansions and money. You have to be the first one to shout mansions and money. Oh um, man, I kind of want to just get yeah, it. Just or you to, have to like pay a fine or something. 
Yeah, but we got it. We is it, got is it, it so. pretty easy to understand? I mean, is it easy? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Because Game of Life is pretty easy to understand. Yeah, it's, it's very similar to that. Okay, um, okay. That's funny. funny. I love it. How about you, Sam? What what? Is that maybe your pick, or is there another one that you can think of that's just I did, bizarre? I did have that one in my in my stack, yeah. But I would say, as far as there's the weirdest that I haven't played is one I've got called, I want to say it's like business operations or something. It's business something. <laughs> and it's got, and you basically just manage a company. You manage, you have to like, it gives you a sheet, like there's a pad of sheets that you can fill out your cost of goods sold and write up your, you know, like it, it basically it's, it's running a business, the game, only okay. you're doing all of the accounting and like making sure that your productivity and efficiency is peak. It's like... I, but I've never played it, and who would want to? Yeah, why would I probably have played? <laughs> um, at least off the top of my head, um, it was a big hit actually with my business classmates at some of our, you know, we'd have like get-togethers because we had a small class of like seven in my group, is we'd play uh, Stampin'. That's with an N. That's not I-N-G. That's Stampin', like Stampin'. apostrophe. It's, a, it's an officially licensed game from the United States Postal Service. Oh, um, wow. And you collect stamps. Yeah, so you, like, you, your money is like in pennies. So like you have like one, two, four, and five cents or whatever. And you have to like buy stamps and get like collect stamp collections of like, oh, here's the planes collection. Here's, you know, um, here's the famous president's collection. So yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely, it's not hard or anything. It's like pretty much for kids. That. Okay. But it's it's definitely pretty pretty weird. Like you're 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 it's a game about a weird hobby that people actually kinda have. I mean, you know. Yeah. You do what you like, I guess. It's like coin collecting the game. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I mean it's I'll I'll give it a an A for effort or E for effort on that, but that's that's interesting. Well, uh, tell me then, I guess what you guys have been playing games for quite a while. What have you seen over maybe the last 10, 15, 20 years how the gaming community has evolved or changed from 2021 to maybe, you know, late 90s or even mid 90s? What do you think has has changed, good or bad? You want to take that one, Alma? Yeah, I mean, okay. honestly, like, has it changed? Like, I've okay. had some, so many people, like, directly ask me, like, you have to have a lot of copies of Sorry in your store. And I'm like, all right, you got it. Like, specifically Sorry, like, I've had four different people be like, we need to play Sorry at your cafe. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. It was just so funny. But like, you know, really, I don't think, you know, Rather than changing, to me, it seems like there have always been lots of types of people in the community who love lots of types of games, but now um, they're finding each other and discovering new games together. Um, So, you know, whereas I don't know that it's changed as much as it seems, but now people are more aware of each other and um, new types of games are coming out. And, you know, that's why we are really excited to have um, a community space for everybody and, you know, for the people who really want to play terraforming mars for 18 hours and people who want to play you know sorry for a couple rounds with their you know with their kids like um i just i love that the gaming community encapsulates so many different types of people okay how about you sam anything to add on that what's your opinion on the gaming world over the last 10 15 20 years 
Um, well, I would say it's kind of to a certain degree um, grown up and um, especially like our generation, you know, with all of our, I guess, nerd, nerd cliques or nerd groups, um, you know, there was, uh, there's a lot of people who, you know, you compare it to something like uh, Star Wars or any sort of major industry thing. It's like, these were the things that people played with when they were kids, but now they're grownups. So they still, they, they like having, you know, new challenges and still being able to get into it, especially as those people like start families, you know, and have kids um, mm -hmm. to, to play family games with. But I think there's also been a um, kind of a, uh, it used to be that there were kind of two different types of games, like back in like the 60s, 70s and 80s, there was like, like basically war games, which is like, you know, those tabletops, the ones from like Avalon Hill and stuff yep. um, that are, you know, just incredibly deep. Um, you know, and those are like games for grownups. And then there's, and then there's basically kids games, which is just toys, you know, like, yeah. like Milton Bradley and all them, it was just, and Hasbro now, um, it's just all like, it was basically toy toys. And so there wasn't, as we kind of grew up, there wasn't kind of that middle ground, which there is a lot more now that, you know, games that you can, as a grownup, have fun and still be challenged if you want to. I mean, obviously, but then, you know, we, we still have a nostalgia for games like Sorry, yep. um, you know, and sometimes it, sometimes an easy game can be just as fun, you know. I mean, we had a great, we, yeah, I had business students having a great time collecting stamps in my living room, you know. So, like, sometimes it's, it's kind of good, just like any other entertainment, to sort of have that escape. Yeah, I think, you know, that's the best thing about games is that, you know, that it covers so many types of games and it's generational. You know, you keep you keep your games and you play them with people, um, you know, your children or the next generations. Um, actually, the very first uh, game night that we had at Cosmic Eye, we didn't really know, like, we didn't have, like, a theme or anything. We just, like, brought a bunch of games and we weren't sure, like, who was going to show up. And we actually played Sorry at our first game night with, uh. um, like, a, you know, like, a couple kids that showed up. And sometimes we do have all adults and they um you know especially like our rpg nights we have a lot of uh you know adults but we also have adults who bring their kids and um okay. you know we're we're grateful that we're in a you know a brewery that is uh, accessible to all ages so like they can bring their kids and um get into dungeons and dragons or something similar and i think you know like like sam said like these nerd clicks like definitely people have moved out of their basement and like into the yeah. real world like you know yeah. i mean with the stranger things was so popular and that kind of like brought a new group into like rpg gaming and that's something that i'm really passionate about i think that it's uh, a great way to meet people and hang out with your friends yeah i think it's definitely more visible now and more accessible to more people than it's ever been i think so i think uh, you just kind of touched on there about the dungeons and dragons i think you know, back in the 80s, if you played Dungeons and Dragons, you didn't talk about it at school. That gets you beat up, you know, <laughs> yeah, now, yeah. nowadays that's, you know, that's that's cool now. It's so I think, cool, yeah. Yeah. I think there maybe you guys can touch on it. There seems to be a, a pretty big wave or resurgence, whatever you want to call it, of independent, small independent game creators. Can you guys discuss that? I, I think that's something you might have at the cafe a little bit or at least be making available to people can you describe that yes. if, if people are interested in making a game what, what can mm -hmm. what can they do there 
Well, I'm definitely not the expert on like making games, but um, we definitely want to be uplifting independent, uh, you know, independent game makers. We eventually want to expand into publishing games, especially for our local friends. Um, but we do have like a really cool community in Nebraska um, of people who are creating games because we were just at the Great Plains Gaming Festival and then we were at NukeCon, um, which is in Council Bluffs. And there were tons of new games in all stages of development there. Um, and that was really cool to meet all those people, get their cards, try their games. And, um, you know, the people who are looking for publishers, the people who are just looking for play testers, I think that play testing is the best thing that you can do for your new yes. game. It, you know, it gets, it gets not only like your, your game, you know, you can finesse some of those, uh, like player side elements, but, uh, it gets your name out there and it expands your community. Like I, the, a lot of games games are funded on Kickstarter and the most important thing for having a successful Kickstarter is your marketing. Um, you know, we built our email list up and we told everybody what we were doing for months and months before we launched our Kickstarter. Um, and that's how you can guarantee success. And when you're, you know, working on a, like a potentially a global scale, like with something like a board game, rather than something really local like us, you know, you want to be able to reach out to as many people as possible. So making yourself visible making your game visible um, and getting your name out there is the biggest thing that I've seen um, that makes a difference um, for those people who are trying to, to break into the industry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Playtesting is huge. I, I helped. Lee Bachma with uh, Hordes of Power. Yes. A lot. We love Lee. Yeah. And he did. We did hours and hours and hours of playtesting and just saying, okay, let's try it with this card. Okay. Well, let's take this one out and put this one in and see how that, that goes. And it's, uh, he did, I'm not going to take much credit, but he did a lot of the work, but I did help him with playtesting. And that, that is key. You got to work a lot of those bugs out on, and getting feedback, getting feedback from people and saying, okay, is this taking too long? And we were, we would even time some of the games. Okay. That took a little longer when we introduced this element. It didn't take as long as this, it is just, but it's fun. I, I enjoyed that, that process of it. Yeah. Oh, we love, we love Lee. We love Hordes of Power. Um, we had a, we had him at our uh, Kickstarter launch and, yeah. uh, I, I actually haven't been able to sit down and play it yet. Like I'm always in an event where I'm like doing other things, but I have three copies sitting in my home right now. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, we got to do this. But Lee has the beautiful artwork on lock. Oh. Like his, his art style is perfect. It's awesome. It and as soon as I saw his booth, I was like, all right, like I went and got a couple of my friends and I was like, okay, you guys have to go see this booth right now. Like you guys are going to be friends. You're going to love this game. Go do it. Like, yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. It's it's a fun game, but I, I like the process. Is uh, is that uh, that whole kind of just working through some of the bugs and getting some feedback yeah. on it and figuring out. That's where, like, when I ask you guys, what do you think makes a good game? And the elements, in my opinion, is you know play playability, ease of use, and time too. You don't want it to be. Uh, his idea was to. I don't want it be to be difficult like Dungeons and Dragons, but I don't also want it to be maybe necessarily Uno, you know, <laughs> try to find yeah, maybe exactly. the, in, the in between. So, 
Right. Uh, well, and you know, there's a there's a time and place for games that take you know three hours yeah. or three days, yeah. and um, and that's that's awesome. But uh, you know, I. I think it takes, it's a lot more niche, I guess, for people yeah. who want to play games that take that long. Like if you're trying to create a game that's going to make its way on a lot of people's shelves, like I think shorter games are probably yeah. better for that. But, you know, if you want to deep dive into the niche game market, like absolutely make a game that you can play sure. for eight hours. Good for you. Like, that's awesome. Uh, maybe um, you're, I don't know what your opinion is, but if you're a game creator, my thought is make the game that you want to play. Of you know, course. Don't, don't make it necessarily what, Everybody, I'm, I understand the marketability, but you know people are gonna go to something you're passionate about. So if you're passionate yep. about this game, it'll not necessarily sell itself, but you'll be more excited to talk to people about it. I don't know if that's your opinion. Oh, I, I totally, that's exactly what I've said about Mana Games Cafe this whole time. It's like, I am creating this space because I want to be here. I want this space to be here. And so we're going to have soft pretzels because Alma wants soft pretzels and that's my main main food group, you know? And that's the awesome Marketability thing. doesn't matter on pretzels. They're just- No, and also yeah. I've had multiple people say, well, you should have started with pretzels. I'm in, you know, it's like, great. And, you, pretzels. you know, yeah, right. And I'm like, okay, well, like the, you know, Funny. that is, that is truly how I feel. It's like, I am building the place that I want to be at. And, um, sure. you know, what does that look like for me? And I've, since I've worked in customer service for so long, I'm like, you know, I kind of know like what, what makes a good experience for a customer as well. And that's exactly the same with your game designers. You know, it's like, if you're playing a lot of games, you know, which elements kind of like stick with you and which ones don't really, you know, make yeah. it a, a super fun playable game. And, um, you know, if you don't like playing it, no one else is going to either. And if exactly. people, if yeah. people see how excited you are, they're going to be excited with you. Like regardless yeah. of if it's that, you know, their thing or not, like you are the spokesperson for your, creative idea whether that's a cafe or a game or whatever it's like you are the face and you are the one that is selling that to people sure what's some advice i guess that you might want to give some game makers what what are a couple things that you've learned over the years of what not to do but also what to do what what are some some pieces of advice to somebody listening to this right now that's thinking about starting a game but i don't know where to go or where to get started what, what's some some pieces of advice for you guys that you guys would would give out I, I would say for me, and it's mostly, again, just comes from te having to teach games and especially teaching games to a lot of different people and um, the people of a lot of different age groups and demographics and stuff like that. Um, you know, and especially people who have played a lot of games or people who haven't played any games. I, I do ultimately have to go on the side of ease of ease of learning. Um, but what I really like, um, because, you know, as almost saying there is, it is kind of ultimately a niche market for anything that's going to take longer than like an hour and a half, maybe two mm -hmm. hours is about the most you can push because that's, that's just all the time people have anymore. Um, but so I like, so I do ultimately kind of like the shorter games, you know, 15, 20 minutes, half an hour, something you can play even a couple of rounds of if you wanted to, if you needed to fill the time, what would have to go along with that and what always like needs to in any good game is that replayability without it being like completely random dumb luck. It at least needs to have uh, that replayability. So like, you know, you know, King Domino would be a good example. Um, recently, uh, myself and Drake have both been really into um, ecologies is a good one. Because oh, yeah. there's just like, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of different choices to be made or like, you know, villainous because you can each one plays differently. So to try out each different one, mm -hmm. um, you know, but that that, you know, offering of different um, 
different ways, especially, you know, because maybe the circumstances are making you have to change, you know, because of that, that element of luck that it's like, oh, well, that strategy is not going to work this time. So I need to be able to get onto a different strategy. So definitely a really malleable player focused kind of gameplay. Obviously there's stuff like, um, you know, there's with RPGs and with, um, you know, like a lot of the World War II games and like war games, there's maybe like a story to be told. And so sometimes the story can start to take precedent over the playability of it. So mm -hmm. it's, I mean, you do want to maybe, you know, if it's something really, really kind of, uh, uh, I guess, idea oriented, something like Scythe, where it's like, you know, it's really interesting universe or something like say Root, where it's like, you know, really interesting intellectual property, um, but you still want to ultimately have it be focused on player choices instead of driving towards something specific. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, that's a good point about like replayability too, because uh, one game that we actually really like is um, the Jaws uh, board game. So based on the movie, so oh. we kind of know like what the story that it's telling is already. Yeah. Um, and it's played in two acts. Um, but, you know, we have played it multiple times because there is, a, you know, a little bit of unpredictability about it. It's, it's kind of a hybrid, like, competitive and cooperative game because, like, yeah. three of you are competing against the shark. And um, so that, I think, is a really great example of, like, telling a story but also having enough variety that, like, you can replay it and still it'll be fun for everyone. Um, and I think that comes from, like, playing games over and over and over and over, yeah. you know, like oh, yeah. play it a lot and see how it goes. And, yeah. um, and the, yeah, the only thing that I would add to that too, is that there are a lot of resources out there for, you know, new, uh, game developers or, uh, independent gamers, uh, that are designing a game. Um, and I am, you know, we are still kind of like jumping into that. Um, but, you know, one thing that I was told very early on in the process of like wanting to start my own business um, is just like tell everybody, tell literally everybody what you're doing because you never know like who is going to have a piece of advice or a connection. That has been our experience the entire way. It's like anyone that I mentioned this to is like, wow, that's a great idea. I know so-and-so who does this, yep. you know, or um, let me know and I'd be happy to back your Kickstarter. It is a hundred percent just marketing. Like once yeah. you have a good game, you know, so you got to get to that point. But like, even if you're still in the development phase, um, you can find people who are willing to uplift you and help you out. And the Great Plains Gaming Project does an excellent job with bringing people to the, you know, their developer role, you know, really focused on these people who had games in all stages of their development and giving them a little bit more of an audience, uh, a space to play, a space to get new play testers and new eyes on their things. So, um, you know, just like uh, reaching out to people and just like everyone you meet, just, just yeah. tell them, just tell them what you're doing. You know, you can take or leave whatever advice they give you, but most everyone's going to have at least something to say. And um, it, it usually benefits you. Yeah. They always have connections out there. Yeah, to, yes. to, to quote Spaceballs, my brother's cousin, sister's former roommate. <laughs> so you never know exactly. how the connections are going to exactly. be. The advent of some of this new technology, you know, with 3D printing and yes. printing being so available, you can print out those test pieces and, and kind of get the tactile feel of it. I know that's more towards the end of the development, but still mm -hmm. getting, again, seeing how the card layout is on the card. Are the icons too big? Are they too small? And 
and things like yes. that are, are key when you get a little bit later in the in the development. Absolutely. There's nothing like a tactile game too. I mean, yeah. like, you know, tabletop simulators all well and good, but like yeah. it's never the same thing as like actually having that stuff with you and um and actually being able to see it. It's exciting too to have like you know, the first the first piece of merchandise we got with our with our logo on it and we're like Ah, like that's us you know like that's a real thing that we have now and it's really exciting and we would love to be able to use you know our our platform as we expand um to be a resource as well um i'm just i'm a big fan of using the resources that are out there to to help you achieve your goals sure sure definitely yeah and what you're doing the gaming cafe obviously it's it's a place where people can hang out and play games and and you're you're talking about having possibly people that are wanting to make games to come there too. So what, what else is going to be at the cafe or what, what's going to make the cafe maybe unique for that, that some other cafes maybe don't do or do do. I know they have one yeah. in Omaha, but yes, yeah, Spielbound. We love Caleb. Yeah. We love Spielbound. Um, super fun. I would say that the main difference um, for us is that we are going to kind of expand out of just board gaming. Um, okay. We will have a huge board game library. It's going to be in rotation. We're going to have new games, you know, our retail selection. We're going to try and focus on locally designed or new brand new things straight off of Kickstarter. Um, okay. So introducing people to games is something that we love doing. Um, but also we really want to create a space for RPG games, for war games. Um, you know, we're going to have maps, terrain pieces. We're going to have mini figs. Oh, wow. um, we actually, we actually hit our Kickstarter goal. Um, we had a stretch goal to get uh, a 3d printer so we can actually offer oh. like custom fig printing um, in store. Uh, and nice. we're really excited about that. I don't know anything about 3d printing, so I'm going to figure that out. Um, but <laughs> I, I do have my resources that I'm going to reach out to for that. But, um, I, you know, rather than just be a board game cafe, um, which Spielbound does super, super well, um, we are going to also expand into like, we want to host, um, like learn to play events, but also like how to be a DM workshops. You know, we've got people who would love to oh. teach something like that to I get like people that. involved and, um, you know, cause I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who would like to try, but maybe they don't have a group or maybe they're not sure where to get started. And, um, so we want to just have a lot of community events like that to introduce people to, um, either new games or new activities. And, um, yeah, so we really want to put a focus on, um, like for me, those RPG games, uh, Sam's really into like the Warhammer 40 K and the other, like, you know, kind of tabletop games like that. And then he also has a big collection of vintage games that like probably no one's going to find anywhere, but our store. And then of course we'll have great coffee, uh, and (laughs) food. We've got our, our roaster. Um, we have a local roaster who's whipping up some coffee for us and, uh, um, so yeah, we just hope to have, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a coffee person through and through, like that's what I've been doing for the last 10 years. And, uh, so I'm really excited to, um, just have my own coffee shop too. Like that's a, a big component of it for me is like, we can serve great coffee, we can have food and we'll have, you know, uh, stuff to do for a few hours downtown. It's going to be great. What about, uh, you, Sam, you, you mentioned, or she mentioned you like 40k is that what is that a genre of gaming you like rpg style or is that your favorite or 
I, I really like a little bit of everything. Um, I mean, yeah, because I've got like a handful of, of 40K stuff. So like, I mean, I, I keep my finger to the pulse of that hobby and, and kind of in that community. And then okay. like, I also like how they've recently been rolling out kind of a smaller stuff, like squad based skirmishy kind of game, uh, you know, so not everybody has to necessarily invest in like a giant, you know, I mean, you know, it's uh, the joke is like because uh, uh, one of the one of the guys in the one of the I don't know people in the in the university says like even in death I serve and it's like <laughs> and the joke is even in debt I serve yeah because um, like you know guys like take out loans to buy you know uh, minis so I mean you know I like that I have been getting into tabletop RPGs you know especially as um, we've been doing more and more stuff at Cosmic Eye. Um, I don't know if I could necessarily ever commit to like, you know, a whole campaign or anything. Um, but I definitely like the, the, the way that we do it, you know, and, uh, um, the people we've had come in, even myself, I've, I've had the opportunity to, to DM some, uh, you know, that kind of, um, single session, uh, format that we, that we've, uh, we've really kind of found to be successful. Um, but even then, yeah, I mean, I like old games and weird games, um, especially shopping for games, you know, um, you know, seeing, you know, even if it's just like, what, what does Target have on sale right now? Oh, I'm going to look at this Kickstarter that's getting advertised at me, you know, and I found, and I found great, I find great games, you know, down every, every avenue I look, you know, cause they'll be like, there could be some really great deal at target there you know i've i've found some you know great stuff on kickstarter stuff that gets advertised to me on social media i mean you know those that dang targeted algorithm but sometimes <laughs> sometimes hey. it works and, and at least i'm finding you know like local usually kind of like one-off creators you know these are mm -hmm. kickstarter people on their first product um you know and like the the one i mentioned earlier that drake and i are into that uh ecologies that's just like a guy with an etsy store where he mm -hmm. this is his only game this is his really? only product that's all like he's about to come out with like the third uh, what yeah he, he yeah he so he started with like one game and now well he's got he's got the base game and then there's like a second one and now there's about to be a third like group of like a third set basically of these mm -hmm. cards and he's just he's just doing it all you know independently you're like i found one like good dog bad zombie it's like some you know uh, uh game company in california that does a lot of their they're fully independent so i mean i'm not going to fault the algorithm for turning me on oh. some cool stuff um but even yeah like if i can find even if it's a bunch of like you know vintage and antique stores and and turning up old finds yeah. um in there you know and i found stuff like uh you know Bermuda triangle um and really and that branches off of, you know, I, I was and am like big into collecting photography stuff. So it's kind of a, for me, it's sort of like just, um, I guess I have a bit of a savior complex about it, you know, because like those things are finite. We joke, we joke about the Bermuda Triangle, but yeah. honestly, we don't know how many copies of that game are still really out there, you know, and I found like this copy of some pirate game from 1946 in a local Ooh. bar and it's, it's a great establishment and they wanted to have some games around but they've got this random game that's as old as like world war ii you know just really? sitting on the shelf oh, and so wow. i yeah i offered to just pay i just called them on this cold call hey i saw you had this in your lobby i would really like to buy it from you and i just i just had to because i couldn't you know i didn't want you know these oh, are cool. you know it's kind of like uh it's like a like a treasure trove kind of like with any other kind of collectible items you know they there is a finite supply and i i totally believe they should be played i don't 
I mean, some of mine have been rewrapped in plastic or whatever um, for posterity. Um, but I definitely believe in, 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 you know, playing games. They're not, they're not just meant to sit on a shelf. I love those for old sure. games. Uh, we have a couple of them from like the, the sixties and fifties that we happen to find. And those are just kind of cool to, to see what the gaming world was like in the, like you said, in the forties and fifties. So yes. is, is that know, and, and it wasn't nearly as, it wasn't nearly as like, you know, industrialized. They weren't churning out hundreds of thousands of copies no. of Monopoly, you know, a year. This was much more like low, you know, we might sell a, a couple hundred copies a year because things were, you know, the different scale of economy. So they're just, there literally weren't as many being made. That's mm-hmm. awesome. You've probably got some cool games in your collection that you could just talk about, and each one probably has a story. Yeah, yeah, I, and that's what I like about them too, especially when I can find the used ones. Is like you know that was that was in some other family's collection, and it kind of has its own sort of little history in it. He has always been a big like antique guy, a big you know antique <laughs> store goodwill kind of guy. That is not me. I'm like. Yeah, I'm, much- I'm getting a little bit of that done on my trip here. Yeah, it says yeah, when yeah, you go sure into. You you go into thrift yeah. stores just looking for this, but there are, I mean, you can see it online all the time. These guys finding these just rare games on the Goodwill shelf for $8 and they're on selling on eBay. Yeah. For 80. <laughs> exactly. So the, uh, what, what games are you guys looking forward to that are coming out here in the next year or so that you're excited about that uh, you want to let the listener know about? What about you, Sam? Is there a couple of Kickstarters or just some, something on the horizon you're looking forward to? I was going to say, there's at least one we were just talking about the older games, um, that company, I think it was the same company that brought back the, um, like the fireball Island and stuff like that. It's called like, Oh, restoration games. Um, mm-hmm. they're, uh, doing a base game and an expansion for thunder road, um, which is like a game you can't find copies of. We've, I think, and when I showed it to Alma, she was like, this is so cool. Cause she's a big bad max fan. Okay. And there's, I think I've seen, two or three copies for sale maybe ever and one of them was on ebay it was like 230 dollars or something like that um so like this was a very rare game and it's got some you know it's one of those really you know uh kind of one-offs too it just didn't get printed for that long because it was such a kind of a, a, a sad or like a cultural trend you know when like the movie premiered and then it just didn't stay in so there's just such limited copies of it but i'm really excited because they're really I've seen some of their press for it, and they're really, you know, it looks a lot like the copies I've seen online, like the older oh, really? copies. So they definitely got the rights to it, and it looks like it's it'll be cool again. You know, like I said, I really believe games should be played, and so I really, you know, I I want to try this game because it looks cool. And then and then the new ecology stuff is is pretty okay. cool too. I mean, I I know Jake's gonna buy it anyway, so I don't have to worry about getting it. Yes, but. I think it's already what next week, right? Yeah, I think very soon, very Ecology's soon. expansion comes out. So, what about, what about you, uh, yeah. Alma? What are you What are you excited about? A while ago, probably like over a year ago, I backed um, a game called Chai High Tea um, from Steeped Games on Kickstarter. They're based out of Spain, I think, and they had just so many COVID like supply chain problems, uh, and so yeah. it's been taking forever. And they're finally like getting to their U.S. shipping, and I'm like really excited for it to come because I like went all in. I don't even know how to play this game. I don't. It's just it's gorgeous. It's a beautiful you, game. And can so, can you describe kind of what it is? Or is it a card game? Is it a board uh, game? Yeah, what it's kind of it? it's like a it's like a tea shop game. Like you're running like a tea shop, and so okay. it's got a bunch of different like little tokens 
tokens. And um, so I, I went in for the deluxe and it's got like these beautiful like acrylic tokens. Um, it has coins in it. Like okay. it's just like, I don't know. I don't even know how you play it. I'm just like really <laughs> excited about all the stuff that it comes with. It looks and awesome. I, I, Yes, it's beautiful. And so it's finally like getting shipped to me like really soon. And I'm like, ah, like I've been waiting for this. And um, I, so I'm, I'm really pumped about that uh, to finally arrive to me. I just get, I just get so much stuff on Kickstarter all oh, the I'm time. Sure. Uh, and you go broke they just easily all just, yes, back in Kickstarter. Yes, like, be careful. <laughs> I just saw today there's like a, um, I got to look into it. There's like a dim sum, like board game, you know, like with like food and stuff. And I really like games like that are food related. I don't know why, but like, like point salad or uh, sushi go, you know, it's sushi like go, those kind yeah. of quick quick playing games that are all some for some reason food food centric uh i think are really fun and uh yeah so i'm just like trolling on kickstarter all the time for things that are coming out and like i just got my uh i backed uh elixir dice on kickstarter um so those are um like liquid core so you like roll them and they're like oh. they have a liquid center with like glitter and stuff in them oh, i back cool. way too many dice kickstarters way too many dice kickstarters <laughs> so i'm like <laughs> I'm like excited that we're actually playing our um, our RPG campaign in person again because I'm like, okay, good. Like I have a lot of dice, so I'm ready to roll them. Break out the dice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I didn't ask you, Sam. Uh, the the thunder. Uh, sorry, remind me again. The thunder game you were playing uh, backing the base um, game thunder right thunder road it's yes. like okay. um What's i don't like? think it's i don't think it's licensed from the movie i do like those kind of games um because i have like two big rig trucker games too that are like you can tell they were from when when that was in style but then neither one of them could get the licensing so i think okay. thunder road's the same thing they couldn't get the licensing but they were like hey post-apocalypse car stuff you know okay. yeah <laughs> is, it, is it a card so, game but, or board game i guess describe no it's a board game you have like there's okay. um like the board is two sections and so you keep pushing them over each other so like the road kind of keeps going oh, okay. um and then okay. like there's actual little like cars that you okay. have to and like a gyrocopter that you have to actually move down the down the road okay okay cool yeah sorry i wanted to get back to you on that i was like i, I kind of figured it was board game but i thought i better clarify for the listeners so they can uh, get an idea of what that's like so cool well hey i appreciate you guys coming on and, and talking uh, about your love of board games and the gaming cafe i guess let everybody know where they can get in touch with you and kind of keep a keep abreast of what's happening and how the the cafe is progressing and when it's going to open and and things like that yes so we do have um, a, we have an email newsletter list. Um, I don't send out a ton. I send out just, you know, the, the necessary updates. Um, our website is kind of the central hub for that. That's just mana-games.com. We also are on Facebook, Instagram, uh, and actually TikTok, Mana Games LNK. So I'm, you know, we're posting things there all the time. We have a streaming channel on Twitch too, kind of a, a separate like pandemic yeah. thing that we did you know it's like yeah. oh everyone's starting a streaming channel but we actually are very very close to making affiliate on that as well so um that's been fun and uh yeah so any of those channels are a great way to keep up with what we're doing you know everything goes well we are hoping to be open actually before the end of the year um my goal would be to be open kind of mid-december oh, um nice we've already uh it seems quick it's kind of terrifying but also really exciting um but we are 
we are in the process of reviewing the lease for our space. Um, we are, we have got most of our tables um, and equipment sourced already. Um, I knew that was going to be a problem with COVID. Like there's just yeah. a lot of supply chain problems out there in the world right now. Um, so everything is, is shaping up really well. You know, as soon as we get the keys and we start loading stuff in, um, we are hoping to at least be open for kind of a soft launch um, to kind of work out just like, you know, play testing is really important. It's also, play yes, the come play test our business and yeah. see, you know, what we can improve on before our big grand opening. But there's of course, you know, permits and everything you have to get. Yeah. We're hoping to be open before the end of the year. So we are, we are full speed ahead. I was going to say, and we'll be um, down downtown and then the Haymarket is what we're hoping for a physical location. Yeah. Um, but obviously updates on that. So definitely follow us on, Soon. you know, any kind of social media so you can see what's happening. But otherwise, we hope dying. to make it very clear. <laughs> yeah, we're going to like a big, big sign, you know, yes. so like you'll see where I we know. plan to show up. I've already like I've ordered us a neon sign like I'm really I'm pumped I'm excited and like I really want to share with everybody where it's going to be and we are just inches away from being able to do that so that'll hopefully come in the next couple of weeks. I think you you tapped into a market that Lincoln just doesn't have that that gaming yeah. market and I think so I think when I saw that I just happened to catch the Kickstarter I think you hit the goal pretty quickly right I, I know you still had yeah, four or five oh, days left actually yes we um we hit the goal at NukeCon um we were I had just finished uh running a game of Lords of Waterdeep we were surrounded by people who were cheering us on and it was that was an incredible experience was to hit our 15,000 at NukeCon and it was like oh shoot like that's actually happening like I've just been I've been working this whole time just like okay we're gonna do this and we're gonna do this and we're gonna do this you know but then like actually making that goal it's like okay like actually we're doing this now like it's it's really happening and so um we ended up hitting two of our stretch goals as well um which is incredible i have had nothing but we've had I mean, nothing but overwhelming support from everybody in the community, honestly. Like, people are so excited for this to come to Lincoln. Even people who are in Council Bluffs, you know, are like, yeah. oh, when I'm in Lincoln, I'd love to stop by. And yeah. um, I totally agree. I think that it is a, uh, I think it's a really necessary thing for Lincoln, especially as people get vaccinated and um, are able to go out and about again. You know, they're going to want to go out and hang out with their friends. And we really want a cool space to do that. So we are so excited. Oh yeah, I love it. I I love the idea, and if a town that has it, you know, enjoy that, use that space. And so I'm glad Lincoln has a has a place where we can go and talk to you guys and say, hey, I'll show you how to play. Because that's half the battles. I see all these games on the the wall, and I'm like, I don't know how to play any of these. And I don't. Yes. I, I'm probably impatient. I, was like, I don't want to read the the booklet. I just. <laughs> Just, yeah. just play with me for five minutes. I'll figure it out. And, and, and I think that's, that's the easiest way. So it sounds like you two really know what you're doing and you can, you can do that and, and help, help somebody get into the gaming space and, and really uh, enjoy it. So, but yeah, yes. thanks for doing that. I, I really appreciate you guys taking time to talk and real quick, of course, uh, before we go, I got a couple quick rapid fire questions. So Sam, when you pay, play Monopoly, which piece do you pick and why? Um, uh, the the battleship because I like it's like a World War One style battleship and I like those. So how about you, Alma? What do you pick? As I pick the iron. I don't know. I just like that it's like made of metal. Um, I was retired in 2013 and got replaced by a cat, which really bums me out. But oh, it like did? the iron, yeah, I didn't know that. the iron and the thimble to me are like 
just like so funny like they just seem like something that you would just have in like a kitschy drawer you yeah. know and just like here I'll just throw it on the game board so I like those too <laughs> well how about your favorite coffee Alma we'll start with you since you're the coffee aficionado oh, what's your boy. favorite coffee um, well, so we just sampled some of our coffee from the coffee roaster um, for our custom Mana House blend, and it is awesome. Okay. Um, the coffee roaster does air roasted coffee. Their Kenya is definitely my favorite. Um, I also like just came back from uh, Seattle, so I'm like mm. coffee capital of the U.S., and yep. we had some amazing coffee there, too. Um Cafe Vivaci. It was like a sidewalk cafe and they had a, a, just a little espresso cup with like orange juice and cinnamon. And it was so good. Like oh. I was like, you know, it was just like three ounces and it was amazing. So I, I just love coffee, all coffee. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Sam? Favorite coffee? Um, well, as far as like a drink goes, um, probably like a, like a, like kind of a blonde, usually something lighter. Um, but like, you know, just black with a little bit of sugar. Otherwise, as far as like, uh, makers go, I mean, yeah, I definitely do like the blend that we've gotten, um, from our roaster. Um, and then I also like, you know, when I, I, I lived on the West coast for a year or two and up in Portland okay. and there was definitely some pretty serious coffee going on there. Um, so so nice. I do, I do like it just as much. I can't have it as much as I like it is as you get older, <laughs> it gets harder, but yes, yeah. yes. So you guys have good coffee, good games. I don't know if that's a tagline or have you guys got a ta little tagline ready for the cafe yet or not? Um, so I have been just like writing this on our Facebook for a year. Um, but our, our little sort of tagline is like bringing a love of gaming to a table near you because there you go. right now we, we currently bring the games to the table uh, yeah. and you know, then we're going to be bringing a bunch of games and tables um, to the community. So yeah. that's kind of, I don't know. I just, I made that up probably at like 2am on Facebook. So <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Cool. Well, hey, I'm really excited about the Gaming Cafe, so I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes for all the different contacts that, that you mentioned so people can get in touch with you. Even if you're not local, you know, shoot them a nice email or back the – well, send them, some, send them some money if you want to, whatever helps, or ideas for games or whatever. You know, maybe tap Sam's, Sam's brain on some vintage games if you, if you find any, right? To feed, feed the addiction. Yeah, yeah well, and our, and our branding is on point. So, like, really, you don't have to be local to, like, That's like true. the way our, our our stuff looks on a shirt. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Very our Redbubble store, I ordered so much stuff from our own Redbubble store already just because I like looking at our stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you have merch. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's get a link on that so everybody can pick up merch Perfect. or whatever, however you want to support it. And, you know, if you don't live awesome. in Lincoln, make sure you support your local local gaming cafe because I know they're all over the of place. Of course. So. We love cool. them. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. It's been fun. And like yes, I said, I'll include, so yeah, I'll include thank you. show notes so people can get in touch with you. And maybe we'll do a, another episode in six months and kind of see how things are going and, and see yes, what's uh, happening. So, all right. Well, thanks, Sam. And thanks, Alma. I appreciate it. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Thank you so all much. All right. We'll catch you next time. Thank, thank you. you. Sounds good. It was a great time talking to Alma and Sam. They're very passionate about their gaming cafe and games in general. Please go to covertnerd.net for all the different ways you can get in touch with me and also visit Alma and Sam, the links that I included in the show notes on the app that you're using. Also, please share it with a friend. And until next time, nerd it up. <laughs>